Ladies and gents, welcome on board. Welcome on board. It is Sunday, the 10th of April, 2021. It is Palm Sunday, the week before Easter. The week before Easter. Thank you ever so much for joining me this Sunday. I've had a wondrous day at church today, and then I went to my parents this afternoon. It's been a great day, absolute great. I've reported some local, um, in my local constituent, some um, slip trips or fall hazards in my area. Obviously, my local residence is uh, safety is paramount. I look out for everyone in the local area. What can I do to make change? What can I do to make change? What can you do to make change in your life? I'm trying to change as much of my life, everyone else's. Um, that's what I'm trying to do, make change to better myself as a person, as a human being. How can I be better than I already was? Helping hand, always be a helping hand to someone, be a bravement for somebody, giving out a bit of support for others. Anyway, ladies and gents, proclamation news and guarantees with the prodigious, the province Professor Johnson. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got local elections for a local councillors um, coming up on the 5th of May. So look in store. If you're not really partly involved with Conservative Party, get involved. Shape up your children's future. Absolutely. From as little as £25 a month. You pay it month, uh, monthly, £2 a month if you want. No problem. Anyway, we're going to have a look at cards since today. We've got football results, UK politics, criminology, and we're just going to have a general discussion, really. I enjoy the show. I enjoy the chat. I enjoy the support. I'm really thankful that people come through both preserved and observed. You are part of the Aristoxy social elite. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. If you guys on CastBox come through there, thank you ever so much for tuning in. Giving you something for your ears to listen to while I be methodical as I approach what's in front of the propaganda today. Thank you, there, James. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, David. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Eliza. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Charlie and Ali. Thank you ever so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it, guys. Happy Sunday to you all. We're going to have a look at the car instance inside southeast of England. There's not many on the road. Sunday. Sunday roads. Not much on the road. Not many instances. Anyway, let's have a look. So, think safety, think first. Do not enter your vehicle on sleep deprivation, under influence alcohol, and narcotics. Check your engine oil, water contain, make sure the top is maximum, maximum level. Check your PSI limits, your tyre. Um, Tire pressures on the side of the tyre, treads over your tyre. Make sure your tyre's not bold. Make sure you've got plenty of sufficient air pressure in and enough fuel on board. Do you allow for roadworks? Do you allow for congestion, road closure, lane closed? Plan your destination. Don't you put enough sufficient fuel to get you from A to B. Always allow for a bit extra. Make sure you get down back. Breakdown cover is always important as well, isn't it? Make sure you and passengers have seatbelts on and babies have seatbelts adjacent to the car seat. Check for further police safety uh, police safety signs, police actions, road safety signs. Check for road workers and drive vigilantly around road workers just in case road workers are living from behind the fence. So drive vigilantly, they might walk into the road, might they? Or they might step out and you might have their foot. Be careful, very, very careful. Check your centre mill windmill before turning, acting in safe, sufficient direction of choice. Make sure motorcyclists or motorists are not overtaken. 
Try not eat while you're steering wheel. Try not being in your mobile phone and drinking. Because if you take your eye a split second of the road, you could end up in a pile-up in the back of somebody. It could, would be... Would be your... Well, be the, yeah, it would be your fault. Would be your fault. Bear that in mind. It would be your fault. So be careful. Anyway, looking at the um, UK roads, the instance today. <coughs> A10. Road closing delays due to weekend works until the early hours on Monday morning on A10. Grey Cambridge Road, northbound between A1055. Ballsmore Lane, Enfield and A121. Winston Churchill Way, congestion to Hartford Road and Ballsmore Lane, the western. 7pm, first reported. A126, A1261, queue and traffic congestion too in the construction area. Queue and traffic on A1261. Aspen Way, out of town at A1206, Preston's Road, congestion to Limehouse Link in the construction area. There are lane closures in all play, in place for electricity works. 3.56pm, first reported today. Let's look at the centre of London. A3, current traffic on A3, West Hill, northbound between A219, Tibbetts Ride, Tibbetts Corner and A202. A205 South Circa, 6, 23 minutes past 6 pm. Further south of London, M23. Lane closed due to stalled car. Traffic is coping well. One lane closed due to stalled car on M23 northbound from Junction 9, Gatwick Airport to Junction 8, M25 to Junction 7. Traffic is coping well. 6.37 pm. East London. West London, M4. Well closed, queuing traffic congestion. Well closed and queuing traffic due to weekend works until the early hours of Monday morning on M4, both ways between Junction 4B, M25 and Junction 3, A312. Hayes, Heston. Congestion to a mile of each direction before the closure. Additional queues spinning uh, back on M25. Clockwise, 10 p.m. first reported. Two more incidents, and we'll be heading off to the local news. A34, one lane closed and slow traffic due to the crash on A34 southbound at B4027. Bletchenden Road, the slip turn off, congestion to Western Road on the green. Lane one or two is closed, 6 p.m. reported. Last but not least, incident A505 on Luton, queuing traffic, Dunstable Road and Beach Road to Moore Street. 10 minutes past three. Football fixtures. Some of you um, football fans or football hooligans, whatever you want to call it. The sports, the fixtures, the results. Brentford versus West Ham. Brentford at home. Brentford 2 0. Leicester versus Crystal Palace. Leicester at home. Leicester 2-1. Norwich versus Burnley. Norwich at home 2-0. Man City versus Liverpool. Man City at home. Man City and Liverpool 2-2. 2 all. A draw. Very close result. Let's see what other Premier League games played today. Let's look at the Premier League. See how it stands. Man City are top by one point. 
Liverpool second, 73 points. Man, Man City, 74. Wow. That's a tight schedule there, isn't it? On the old uh, Premiership fixtures. Absolutely. Both top teams going hammer and tongs trying to get in front of the other. How many games have been played? 31. How many games is there in the season? Is it 38? I don't know. 36? Who knows? Don't actually know. Don't know that answer. I'm not a football fanatic anymore. Anyway, the haulers want priority for perishable goods at Dover. Stocks coming over from the ferry. UK haulers carrying perishable goods, saying products are losing quality and value as they are forced to sit in long queues to cross into Europe and at Dover. Bad weather, Easter holidays and P&O ferries routes being suspended have all led to congestion around the port. The queues eased on Sunday, but the British Meat Processors Association said some of its members had waited the 24 hours or more to cross. The government said traffic management measures were under regular review. However, a Department for Transport spokesperson gave no indication that there would be a change made for those transport and perishable items. As well as other factors causing congestion, which have led to the traffic management system operation, Brook being put in place. There have also been problems with a key IT system for custom checks at the UK's busiest poor after Brexit. Lockerbie-based Erdly International takes fresh meat from the UK into continental Europe, operating 25 trucks at any one time. Our products have a very short shelf life. Company director Graham Erdly told the BBC, if we load lamb in the UK on Monday, we expect to deliver the product to Germany on Tuesday. Now we are seeing delays of 20 to 25 hours to cross the channel and the quality and the sale value of the product falls by every hour it is delayed. Furthermore, haul of regulations means drivers need to take an 11-hour break when they get to Calais, as they cannot rest while they're on a traffic jam in case they need to move their vehicle. This just adds to the problem. P&O routes are still being suspended due to the shortage of ferry services following its dismissal of almost 800 staff last month without notice. The company says it plans to resume its operations on the Dover-Calais route next week if it gets reg um, regulatory approval. Nick Allen, Chief, Chief Executive of the British Meat Processor Association, said the delays meant that the UK was losing business. As customers were turning to other countries to source goods at a time when their members' products were in hot demand. We're told to expect disruption well into next week, with Easter weekend approaching and a very busy time for exporting fresh meat. This is a really bad timing. Mr. Eadley, the delays means losing up to 800 per truck. He says that abattoirs who use the service are also getting claims for late delivery and loss in value. We're paying for the driver to be sitting in a truck not being productive and seeing the loss of the revenue that the vehicle could be making. Many in the industry argue that the haulers carrying fresh produce should be prioritised from boarding. 
as they have been before. The Ken Residence Forum, which manages emergency planning for the county, said they were waiting for the government to pursue advice of who and what would be allowed to jump the queue. This is causing huge frustration for to Mr Erdley, who says that the haulers register custom forms. Listing the contents of their lorries, it should be a straightforward process to put in place. Toby Howell, the tactical lead for the form, explained, It's not as simple as saying, we must, we must just fast-track meat or anything perishable. In 2015, we were given very, very general guidance and drivers got very clear by putting a small amount in the lorry for the EU exiting the planning. The DEFRA, the DEFRA came up with specifics which were then able to prioritise. Others believe you cannot re-profit re a priority system. UK's spec re um, reputation. UK's reputation is threatened. In response, the Government for Transport, DFT, said the traffic management measures were regularly reviewed, but did not say whether any changes would be made with regard to transportation of perishable items. It said... PO's unacceptable actions have resulted in its vessels being detained, causing backlogs and traffic jams, which would substantially elevate it if its fleet was operating normally. While receiving real-time updates as the Kent Residence Forum police and regional leaders work around the clock to ease disruption and support those affected. Trade Lobby, Lobby uh, Logistics UK said it supported prioritising perishable goods, but said the practice practicalities and facilitating such a policy were currently unclear. Mag Simpson, Logistics UK's Head of Policy Engagement said, the delays are frustrating for industry and logistics. UK is working with the DFT and the ports to identify effective solutions that can be introduced as soon as possible. Shane Brennan, Chief Executive of Coal Chain Federation, the trade association that represent businesses which store and move frozen chilled food. So the poor conditions caused by operation block were fanning the flames over driver shortages in an already overstretched industry. The UK is getting a growing reputation for being a hassle to serve, and that creates problems for my numbers who can't find the haulers to take their business because they don't want to take the risk of sitting in traffic on the M20. Part of the frustration is its haulers feel like tourist traffic in Dover is being prioritised over freight traffic. Mr Eadley says this further undermines moral. Are we saying that it's not far, fair to have Jimmy or Johnny delayed in, in their car going on Monday holiday? But that is acceptable, ex acceptable to ask drivers to wait 20 hours or more in their cab. Until there is more understanding of drivers and their experience, we're all on the road to ruin. From July this year, the UK will start imposing Brexit controls on meat and dairy goods coming from the EU. Industrial leaders are concerned that this will be yet another crunch time for Dover. We have a short amid break, ladies and gentlemen. I promote these comments on social media. So please, please bear with me. Just bear with me. I'm, uh, there is not a bear with me, but bear with me. As we do. Let's um, 
I'm here in the building, Blazers. I'll keep you uh, occupied. I'm just loading this. It's hopefully it's charged. Hopefully it's charged, <laughs> he says. Just loading, as you can hear. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's see who is in the building at the moment. It's been a wonderful afternoon, wonderful evening. I love to finish off the Sunday with proclamation of the Gavins. And we have light. Oh, but we don't have charge. We don't have charge. Okay then. Hopefully this is going to work. Don't know if it will, but we're going to give it a go. So bear with me. This might work. We can't do, but try. Don't know if it's come out loud enough, but we're going to try it. Yes, here we go. 97.3. Yesterday was much more, much more symbolic than actually, you know, for his benefit. Well, was it just, was it just symbolic? There was a, you know, he bought, he arrived bearing gifts of um, 120 um, and armored vehicles, um, an unnamed number of um, anti-ship missiles, a loan guarantees up to 770 million and another 120 million in terms of aid. Thank you, Gary. Um, uh, we have uh, an expert joining us now to try to work out uh, the, well, these very, very big questions for, for NATO, for other Western leaders in terms of how much we commit to the effort to protect Ukraine and to assist President Zelensky. Professor Malcolm Chalmers, Director, Deputy Director General at the Royal United Services Institute, aka RUSI, uh, joins us. He was previously the Senior Special Advisor to Labour Foreign Secretaries Jack Straw and Dame Margaret Beckett. Thank you for your time this evening, Professor Chalmers. My pleasure. Um, it's hard to know where to start. Uh, the PM's visit, unwavering support, uh, a care package, uh, much more aid and assistance. But is that going to do the trick? We shall see. Uh, every uh, turn of this conflict has been a surprise. It's the nature of conflict. It is entirely unpredictable. I think uh, when the invasion uh, started, uh, many people thought uh, that Ukrainian forces would fold rather rapidly. And far from that being the case, they've actually pushed back. They've essentially defeated the Russians in the north of the country around Kyiv. Of course, the situation in the east is a very different matter, much closer to uh, Russian borders. And they have that base in the Donbass, which they've had since 2014. But, um, you know, the, the, the Ukrainians will put up a good fight and it's still a massive area. I think that's one of the things has to be borne in mind. The Russians, unlike the Soviets in the Cold War, actually have a relatively small active army. They've committed most of their active units to this. They will be bringing up uh, new recruits, but I mean, I think it's all in the balance. I think the Ukrainians could actually push back the Russians further in the East. Okay. Um, because what my previous guest, Professor Kent, Cambridge University, author of a book on Crimea, was saying was that one of the reasons the West has been caught on the hop is that this is an old-fashioned ground war, middle-of-the-last-century type exercise um, with you know, tr tanks on the ground, troops on the ground. Does the West have to respond to We thought that the next conflict would be a, a cyber conflict. It isn't. We ran down our armies in that expectation. What does the West now have to do in order to, as it were, challenge a ground war 
commanded by Russia, which is, you know, the, only the 11th largest economy in the world, but does have one of the largest armies, even if it is smaller than we thought, as you say. Well, this, is, of course, is not a war between NATO forces and Russia. It is a war between Ukrainian forces supported by uh, NATO uh, weapons uh, and Russia. Uh, and it's on Ukrainian soil, which is an enormous advantage for the Ukrainians because they have the support of the population. Uh, and uh, that's been decisive because the population helps uh, track the Russians as they come through, provides assistance to the Ukrainian armed forces, and indeed the whole Ukrainian society is mobilized in this conflict, but we do not have Western armies fighting this conflict. So I think the answer to your question is that the Ukrainian forces, in numerical terms, uh, given it's a mobilized population, actually have more people mobilized for fighting than the Russians do have forces in Ukraine. And of course, the Russians could change that over time, over a period of several months that they're prepared to mobilize their whole population, but they've not yet done so. Well, I'm not a military expert. I can see the advantage when they are dealing with Russian troops on the ground and Russian tanks on the ground. But how can we help Ukraine when they are the subject and the victims of continuous air bombardment from Russia? Well, I think one of the things that's, that has been clear in this conflict, particularly around Kyiv, but also in other parts of the the country, that the Russians have not had uh, uncontested uh, control of the air. They haven't been able to use their aircraft uh, without uh, the possibility of being shot down. We get on the show, ladies and gents. Thank you for um, staying tuned there. We'll come back to a short break to go for the criminology, see what's going on. Local, local news in Essex, southeast of England, very close to home where my um, uncles live. Main man sustained serious facial injuries after assault inside a restaurant in Walter Nays. Man has been released on bail as inquiries continue. High Street in Walter Nays, where the incident occurred. A man was arrested on suspicion of grievously body harm after a serious assault in Essex. The victim sustained a serious facial injury, according to Essex Police. The incident took place around 9pm on March 23rd inside a restaurant on Mulder High Street. The victim, a man in his 30s, fled the scene but was found nearby. The 39-year-old man was arrested and he has been released on bail until April the 20th. Police inquiries into the incident are currently ongoing. A spokesperson for Essex Police said... We need anyone who saw anything or has CCTV, dash cam or doorbell footage, contact us. If you have any information, you can submit a report online or use the live chat button to speak to an online operator between 7am to 11pm. Or you call anonymous on 0800-555-111. If you're in the Essex area, please share that assault on social media share it or if you know if you, if you know done it just just report it make sure you report it it's important to keep everyone's safety isn't it we don't want people going around acting you know out inhumane it's, what's the point out of character 
you're acting good, you're paying your tax, you're going to work. Why should we be living in a society full of metropolitan lunatic asylums? We shouldn't. Absolutely not. There's no time for it. Get rid of them. Uh, anti-air and anti-tank missiles being very effective. But if the Ukrainians want to get involved in pushing the Russians back, which they certainly do in the east, they will need more offensive weapons. And here our vehicles are going to be pretty critical. The, 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 the UK contribution is an important one. Quite a number of countries are providing uh, armoured vehicles as well. Poland providing uh, T-72 tanks, for example. And of course... Ukrainians are capturing quite a lot of armoured vehicles from the Russians and then putting them to their own purposes. But it's it's an, it's, an, it's part of a, a collective effort which, which can potentially be very important. Thank you for that. Stepping away from the military um, configuration of the conflict for a second, do you think there's more that could be done in terms of the information war and in terms of the diplomatic noises. I mean, what I'm thinking is is that given what's happened in Ukraine and the depletion of the Russian army and the, and the amazing defensive resistance put up by the Ukrainian people as well as its armed forces, how could, is there any possibility that this could be sold to Putin as a victory? Obviously, it's a defeat, but he, he, he is in an Orwellian universe where black is white and, that, you know, and this is a, a special operation, not a war. Can't we just tell him he's won and then he can go? I mean, is there nothing we can do on the diplomatic front? Let's um, move on, ladies and gentlemen. It's lovely to hear about what's going on now. Putin's going to have his day. He's, someone's going to put him to sleep sooner or later after everything he's done, all the homicides he's caused throughout Ukraine. But maybe one of his own soldiers might turn him sooner or later for, for, when they start to realise that it could have been them shooting the other foot. The explosion could have been all in Russia taking everyone's homes. Maybe someone will feel justice needs to be served. Anyway, homes for Ukraine. These are silent. Unwelcoming, Cardiff Piers says. UK's Ukrainian visa scheme is unwelcoming. A crossbench peer offering her home to a fleeing family was said. Baroness Ilya Finley of Lelandov has been awaiting three weeks for visas for, for mother and two children to be cleared for the Homes for Ukraine scheme. She and her husband have already prepared their Cardiff home for them. UK government said it was working as quickly as possible, but except progress has not been quick enough. Baroness Finley told the PA News, agency she did not wish to identify the refugee family but said they were known to her and her husband professor andrew finley before the russian invasion she said visa issues are causing uncertainty and adding to refugees trauma she said the father of the family is a doctor in ukraine who had worked with her husband and remained in kiev they have also submitted an application for him in the event he also leaves Ukraine due to injury or other reasons. Professor Finley spent eight hours filling out forms for their visa applications on 18th of March, the day the scheme launched. We've said we will do whatever is needed for however long to support them, and we know it is a right. It might be years, said the Baroness Finlay. She explained that each of the four Visa applications have been processed individually, which has made her concerned they may not be approved together. 
Despite repeated efforts in person at a visa information centre and over the phone, she said the only information she has received has been four separate emails to say each applicant is in the system to be processed, which arrived on Thursday. The silence is awful. Nobody can help me find out what's happened to these people's applications, she said. I think there's a failure of recognition that this uncertainty is adding to the trauma that these people have already experienced. This message from the system is that the country is not welcoming them. The couple have bought an extra bed and fridge, among other things, for the family clearing space in the kitchen cupboards so they can have space to cook their own meals. A government spokesperson said the Home Office has made changes to visa processing. The application form has been streamlined. Ukrainian passport holders can now apply online and do their biometrics checks once in the UK. And greater resources have gone into the system. Anyone else looking to accommodate um, any refugees? Asylum seekers, you can't because <laughs> they have to wait um, to grant their refugee status, which can take up to six weeks. Anyway, ladies and gents, or you can claim to become a asylum seeker, but take up six weeks to claim your right to be here. Anyway, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. I want you to go and have a blessed week. I always shape up my week for a Sunday ceremony at church. Every Sunday, methodical within approach, methodical within practice. If I don't go on a Sunday, I mess up my week. I mess up my logic. I mess up my... Sometimes I do through ill health, out in the cold weather. Or whatever but anyway i just want to say thank you all for tuning in i really appreciate it i just want to say take care god bless one love and speak soon proclamation news and garants flux with a flow and flux with the show always coming back with a brand new edition